Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode. I don't know what happened there. Oh, the beer fridge. That was really, uh, really energetic for a change. Fuck. Mm, I like it. Rush of blood to the heat. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, I've lost. Aye. Weekly episode, Beer Fridge Podcast, Real Beer, Real Breweries, Real Opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you just subscribe, hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. Um, you can show your support by giving us a five star rating or heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast and that is where you'll hear this episode before anybody else on the patreon page so if you're listening to it now free on spotify you could have listened to it probably a week ago if you just paid on patreon a couple of quid that's all i'm saying you're missing missing out on the good stuff missing out on the fucking good stuff right my name's gavin i've got my usual drinking buddies in the form of callum and mark dixon good evening boys hello Evening, gent. It's nice to be back. Um, and I'm glad. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in, I think, in fact, I think that, fact, was a bit fact. Mis- that was a bit misleading, Gav, to say that it's a usual drinking buddy. Um, I think well, uh, back from sabbatical, back back from, back from sabbatical, a hiatus, and also as we mentioned, in fact, the actual usual drinking buddies is in the form of Callum. And James from Hop the Pond. Good evening, James. <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm here, y'all. I'm and here. We're, we're here with a special guest, uh, Mark Dixon, Mark on Beer. Good evening, Mark. Hello. Nice to. Thanks for inviting me on for uh, a weekly episode. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to have you. <laughs> it is good to have him. It's a fucking time. Um, as I mentioned, we've got James from Hop the Pond. He has joined us back on the podcast once again. Friend of the podcast. Good evening, mate. How is life? Old. Life is yeah. old. But that's yeah. okay. Life is new too, y'all. It's some deep shit. I'm bringing deep shit tonight, you know? <laughs> we go, are we starting with the heavy stuff, are we? It's not, we're not talking about heavy beer. We're talking about like some heavy life stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look, look. Philosophy will intoxicate you much deeper than any liquid ever could, you know? True that. Go hard or go home. Go hard or go home. Um, yes. We'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table, see what is in our vessels to start off the podcast. Um, Callum, we're probably on drink number three or four. Who? Who? What you Who? got, mate? So I've just I just finished a bottle of uh, Highland Jock, um, which was super icy cold out of the freezer um, and was really quite refreshing. And, uh, you know, you can stick your laggers up your arse when you've got a traditional ale that's, that's icy cold, it's just as it's just as uh, refreshing, I have to say. And I've just cracked a can of um, Williams Bros Juicy Joker. So uh, I picked it up because I hadn't had it before, and um, I, I haven't um, I haven't tasted it yet. So I'll get back to you. Um, but uh, yeah, Mark Mark's kind of shaking the head, says it all. So I'm not expecting great things for this beer, but yeah, um, yeah let's give it a go and see what happens. It doesn't sound very good. Don't take my word for it. Like, let your taste buds do the talking for you, mate. That's fine. Joker's Joker's good, but you just leave it as it is. Surely, anyway. Uh, Mark, what you got? I'm on. Um, basically, I'm on rhubarb. It's a collab between uh, Barney's and our good friends at Bruton. And this is a rhubarb, orange peel, and rosemary sour. Right. Um. So I've. This is, I'm looking for the ABV, 3.9%. Um, uh, basically, there's, it's, it's, there's just, there's nothing to this for me, like, at all. Like, there's, a, 
It's no sour, so I suppose that's a bonus for me for, and non -sour, for a non-sour drinker. But if you're right. buying a sour, you would want some uh, some sour aspect of it. The orange peel comes through as the, as the predominant flavouring, um, and then a slight rhubarby kind of like I'm calling, I'm going to put it as a twang. It's like, um, but it isn't like really sour enough for it to be deemed sour. So I, I, I'm trying to put a spin, like a nice spin on not sour with rhubarb um it's just a bit wishy-washy to be fair i know it's only 3.9 percent and mm. i picked it out because it's a scorcher um today and normally we would be, i would be battering on that like you said a bit lager but mm. i thought i'll try something a bit different it's it might be up somebody else's street put it that way in terms of flavor profile i think it's a bit wishy-washy and not overly sour so meh <laughs> well, what's the chances you think we'll get brooding on the brooding on the podcast? Probably not much, to be fair. But <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit guided because um, and Ali um, at Barney's is a really good lad, and I know all the IPAs that they've done recently have been absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, when it comes to sour beer, I'm always not the right person to listen to. I'm just giving you my honest opinion on yeah. it, and it's. I don't feel it's sour, so yeah. I feel like it misses the boat. Uh, simple as that. No, that's fair enough. Very true. You're not the sour man of the the squad. Uh, I myself, Polly's um, satin satin pattern. Fucking easy for you to say. Uh, double dry hot pale ale, five point five percent. It's got your usual suspects of of hops that you you you're wanting to get. And that kind of this kind of still, or I'm wanting to get definitely. You've got your Columbus, you've got your Eldurado, Mosaic, Simcoe. Oh, fucking dancing on your tongue! It's, it's oh, this is what a DDH is meant to be like. And the best thing of it, actually, it's actually a supermarket supermarket beer Ooh. from your, our good friends, good friends from the the supermarket of Morrison's. To be fair, um, so this is an absolute steal of a supermarket beer. Um, it's fuck it's really really good you're getting that little bit of funkiness that that kind of stone fruity kind of vibe in the middle and then you've got that piney dryness in the back end um a solid beer for a supermarket beer to be fair i've got something a wee bit special later on i've got an umbard and attic um collab which i'm saving um with a couple of hops that i've never heard of and a yeast profile that i've never heard of either so that should be um, something to look forward to later on the podcast, James. What you got? Oh, I'm just out here drinking that good stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, I mean, there's people on the podcast can't see the video, but that's all right, you guys can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking uh, Mysterious Spectre from Hackney, um, oh. a stunner, an absolute stunner, a, a very um, approachable is the opposite of the right word, very. A uh, very hoppy, uh, very bitter, very dry, uh, pale, um, and it is uh, one of the most American-tasting pales brewed in the UK that I've tasted. So that's wow. a that's a that's a, a big compliment for me because I'm a massive fan of APAs, uh, EPAs. I get and I appreciate sometimes, but uh, I I like the bitterness. I like the I like the malt to exist, but to exist as the backbone. Uh, yep. for the, the, the you know the hop to be the star so um it's it's a stunner yeah 
it's a funny thing actually so um we were at i say we uh we were invited to the fence fest um by drop projects that yeah. happened two weeks ago and um yeah. I, I encouraged the wife to be a co-host for the day and she, she's kind of getting into the craft beer and stuff and um slowly getting around to the bitter flavor she asked me actually on the day she's like how were you initially with the bitterness and beers and i've said to her like, look it wasn't something that i looked for but now i want all the bitterness out of a beer yeah. if pot and i always want it as you said the james i want it in the back end i want it in the back of the yeah. beer i don't want it at the front i want it at the back of the beer and i want the hops to shine at the front i want that lovely bitterness in the back end that dryness and it just and she, <laughs> if you go back and let then listen um it's funny she says the, the beer in question was a, a double barreled beer it was and i'm pretty sure it was 80 ibus at the time and um she said the beer t- uh, smelled like capis okay <laughs> okay which I, which in fairness to be fair i was like okay i can see where you're coming from however yeah that's kind of the vibe you're going for <laughs> so if it smells like cat piss no. you're on a good one i think in the westie potentially well, really hold on hold on pause no. hold on i'm, 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 to- I'm talking to you i was like hold on <laughs> Westy should smell like cat piss. I, I was very confused. All right, now I'm back with you. Yeah, you're just fucking around. I'm fucking with you. I should have done that. Dude. I'm fucking with you. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a good laugh. Um, as we mentioned, we've got James from Hop the Pond uh, on the podcast, returning guest. Um, first question has to be: is is where are you situated at the moment? Where are you? Where is your vessel being drank from? What pub are you? Where are you? Ah, uh, I am at uh, the lovely uh, Hackney Tap. In Hackney, London. Amazing. Yeah, it really is. The Bloomsbury establishment. And uh, yeah, fantastic lineup always. Uh, maybe it'd be better if it, you know, had more Texas beer on it. But, you know, I'm not bitter. like this beer. <laughs> so. Get it, get it. So get somebody, get somebody's neck twisted. Get them into the Texas shit, man. Oh, I mean, I, look, I've got all the necks twisted, man. I've got all the necks twisted. But, you, you know, know. Do you, do you not just carry like a little duffel bag or a little fucking trolley bag of Texas beer and just shove it in the fridge? Please tell me you've got your. Yeah, uh, it is. Please tell me, James, you managed to buy one of those can coolers. I mean, just the deal. I, I I already put that back in the cold room today, but I do. I'll show you my setup here. This is my cold chain sample sample set. So this is my cold chain chamber. It keeps my samples uh, not as cold as you would hope, but colder than <laughs> my my ass pocket would. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, every every account I go to, I do my best to uh, to make sure that the that the sample is closest to the temperature that it should be had. Um, which obviously it's all American beer, so most of the time it is around five and a half to six degrees. So. Hey, that's like, that's like some eight. fucking FBI kind of backpack. That fucker, isn't it? Let me tell you, I had to order off of a like off of a, a very specialty website. Um, it only works in uh, what, smuggle smuggledust.com. <laughs> no, it's uh, Amazon.co.uk, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same thing. It's, it's the dark web, basically. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> cold web, as I like to call it. You know, cold web. <laughs> So did you not buy one of those? What was the the, the little contraption that we were we were looking at oh, on yeah. YouTube? That thing. I haven't bought one of those yet because I haven't I haven't needed it because I just literally landed. Uh, I landed on Thursday uh, at half nine a.m. and then 
at nine, I guess. And then went uh, went straight to the coach station to, to get on a mega bus and uh, go, go to Bristol. So, because uh, I'm a classy traveler, um, and so I haven't really had a a chance uh, or or a need for it yet. Because uh, last time when I left when I left to go back to Texas or to go to Texas um, again, I uh, it was it was cool enough outside. The ambient was like you know pretty chilly at night, especially yeah. so. Uh, but no, I, I, that, that is my first purchase here. Uh, it will be, it's what we're referencing is one of these little devices. Uh, that it uses, um, the same technology as like a centrifuge, right? So, uh, you put, you attach, uh, the can uh, on either side of suction cups. There's a motor that spins it and you fill the basin with ice. And as it spins it, um, it keeps the beer, um, from, it doesn't shake the beer off. It keeps it very still because you're just keeping the can in the same spot. But what's basically happening is the the heat from the from the middle of, of the can of beer is being flung out to the outside. And as it is doing that, there is ice on the outside. So then it's it's cooling off all the heat. Um, so as everything goes through, um, it it uh, it it'll chill it. So uh mark just dropped for us the link it's called the chillmatic uh and it's like i don't know it's like 60 quid or something but definitely worth it in what i'm doing it's battery powered you pop it out i'm gonna pop it out put it on the table and i'll be like all right guys give me a minute and a half to uh talk which obviously is way too long i don't know how to talk for a minute and a half Um, Um, James, we we first were introduced to yourself almost it's just over a year ago now. Uh, myself and Mark at Brew London uh, sampled some of the amazing Texas beers. We came back from the absolute buzzing, um, sampling the beers. Obviously, had in the podcast, the beers that you sent were fucking phenomenal. Um, what's changed over the last kind of fifty-two weeks? What what's been the course of action? Where are you where where are your travels taking you? So many places. Um, so, uh, so I am more tired than I was, by the way, older yep. than I was. Um, but also, uh, kind of more excited about uh, as we're growing. You know, kind of growing into different uh, different versions and different chapters of what Texas beer is in the UK. Um, we're we're now. Uh, last time we talked, I, I, we were strictly in London. Uh, we're now in um, uh, Southend, uh, Chelmsford, uh, Colchester. We're in uh, Sheffield. We're in Manchester. We're in Leeds. We're in Newcastle. Um, we're uh, we're hopefully in Bristol after this last weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're just we're just growing and growing. Uh, and uh, you know, it, I mean, we say growing and growing. It's a slow process for sure. But uh, yeah. a year in, uh, you know, a little over a year and having beer in country, uh, it's it's become kind of. Um, I think we're we're about to hit a second a second phase of stride, uh, and uh, where where we have focused so much on the first year of ready stock and just bringing in all the beer and then selling it, uh, making sure people can baseline as to how good American beer or not American beer Texas beer really is. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, I think we we've built that baseline, so um, we're working on uh, we we did our first beta kind of friends and family pre-order a couple of weeks back um uh, so we can start bringing in some hazies and some fruited sours and other really volatile um uh, super shelf unstable we'll call it uh uh styles and um 
and yeah, and, and you know, we're we're just we're starting to grow. I think more in rural areas. We're getting a lot of a lot of calls and emails from um, accounts that are you know in 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 the country and villages that are like, yeah, we're really well known in our village for uh, you know for craft bar craft beer. Yeah. It's it's been an interesting thing, like hearing people and it's not like it's like one or two people it's like almost every person that comes to me and it's like in one of those types of situations and they, they're like oh you know yeah we're we're in trade and you know we have a like a micro tap room and like you know i mean it's really small but like we're doing what we can do and um you know we really like it and we'd love to have a beer on it i'm like okay cool so like let's do a tap takeover or something and i'm like well yeah i mean all we have is like 12 taps so and i'm like 12 taps is not a micro anything. Like at all. Um, like I know a lot of American spots that don't have 12 taps on their wall. And yeah. uh, they all just talk about it. Like it's just the smallest spot in the world. Like I just don't, it, it's just always a mind boggling thing. Now I'm just like, Oh, okay. When you say micro, what do you mean? Like that's my first question. Cause like I've got 20, what? 25, 26 beers. We started with 25 or 26 beers in the country. We've replenished a few of them. Um, we're down to about 15 or 16. The ones that didn't work, we just, we just stopped bringing in. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, people are just, people are like, people are loving it, especially in a, in a festival setting. It's, mm-hmm. uh, festivals are kind of my, kind of my world. I love festivals. I get to talk to people like this, like yeah, just no, tell everyone the story of the beer. So. Yeah. So that was the thing I was, I, I was going to ask you, obviously you, you kind of touched on it anyway. Like obviously, the reception that you've received, I assume, has always been relatively positive in terms of people here in the UK actually getting to taste proper Texas American beer. Um, yeah. And it's something that I think even before we met yourself, it's nothing that it's... We, I don't think we dabbled in it too much in, in terms of Texas specifically. Like, we've had American beers, but we, we've never dived into Texas stuff. And, well, yeah. There's, there's a, almost a part of you that just wouldn't turn back, but we just can't get yeah. can't get enough of it. Well, right, and I mean, I think you know, I and mean, we talked about it last time. Obviously, there's Jester King. Jester King is just an anomaly and has been, you know, uh, whether he's working, you know, reversing the Shelton Brothers shipments uh, back in the day, or you know, uh, creating very apparently complex um, distribution channels uh, from Europe into the UK which is strange to me. Uh, so Jeff, if you're listening to me, come on, what are we doing? Um, but uh, <laughs> like, outside of that, I mean, people just don't have any idea what Texas beer is. Uh, and I mean, we talked, we, we touched about it. We touched on it last time, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's an issue of geography. I mean, it's an issue of just way too many people. Yep. Uh, you have, you have, uh, you have breweries that are making 35 and 40,000 hex. I mean, we have, two breweries that are making 35 and 40,000 hex uh, in the state. And they're not even a third of the way to getting beer to enough markets in the state to justify hiring a different staff in a different state. Um, and so like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really high class problem for sure, but it's also a really frustrating thing when you, when you know you're making incredible beer and nobody outside of the state can taste it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's really easy for me to swoop in and be like, Hey guys, I need 20 hex of, you know, across all your core or across whatever beers you can fill me. And, um, you know, for me, to be able, for me to be able to bring them over here is an honor. And also it's just really good beer. So yeah. like, it's, 
I mean, that's an understatement. It's world-class beer. I mean, it's beer that people haven't tasted and styles that people haven't, haven't really fucked with at all. Uh, I mean, there's a hybrid, hybrid West Coast American. So, so like the, 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 it's called derelict. The front end of it is like a, like a sticky resinous pine, uh, like you would for a, like a traditional West Coast. And then the back end is, uh, he added like double the malt on the back end. So then it just candies it. So it ends up being, uh, you know, the back of the palate is very American kind of sticky, almost sweet, you know, feel. Uh, there, there's another one from a different brewery, West Coast, East Coast hybrid, where there's no haze, but you get the tropical and the resin. And like, uh, I mean, I got a white wine barrel aged triple that's been dry hopped with American hops. Like, oh. there's some weird, badass shit that nobody else is doing. I mean, and, uh, I mean, Cal, that Cal, and that's right up your street. That stuff, and fucking delight. That sounds delightful. Oof. Like fucking. White wine, fucking though, Jesus. I love, I, I love the idea of beer in wine barrels. I think every, I, I don't think I've had a bad beer that's been aged in a wine barrel. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know, I agree. Uh, and and I think it's the same thing for me. Weirdly, it's the same thing for me with tequila barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of the same. Well, <laughs> the characteristics they get left on on the beer uh are are similar uh in in some ways obviously you know they're both plants and all the, there's a lot of similarities to that but um yeah i mean one of the best beers i've ever tasted probably my my favorite ever one-off texas indie beer was called shragave which was from carbach which is now owned by abn dev but it's uh a tequila barrel aged triple and it's i don't like triples and i don't like tequila but you put those two together and it's just yeah, absolutely yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'm I'm not really the best person to, to to sort of comment on tequila because I know I know that it's it's like you know it's like whiskey abroad you know people go wild for Johnny Walker when it's just like you know it's gut rot whereas you know we 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 know that there's so much better out there whereas you know we we are just our market in terms of tequila our market in the UK is flooded with absolute shit. Whereas you know yeah. that you're going, yeah. you're going to get, particularly in Texas, you're going to get the good stuff. So yeah. I'd be quite, I'd be quite happy to come and, and taste, you know, authentic tequila in Mexico slash, you know, Southern uh-huh. America. Um, yeah. So I'm quite sure that there would be um, some flavor to impart there. Yeah, makes sense. Actually, it does make sense. To be fair, uh, Mark, I know you've out of the three of us anyway, like you've been exposed to more American beers than we have, and obviously you work in the industry. And, I know you've had your your little your little dates with James before uh, in between his his podcast visits, but for you, like the the Texas yeah, stuff is just like it's fucking insane, man. So good, yeah. The bearded gang tend to get together when James decides to show up in Edinburgh. <laughs> what I do, yeah. Um, I, the the Texas beer, I think everything that sort of James is sort of um kind of showcased. Um, has just been like as much as the there is some really wacky stuff which is super interesting and is like beer kind of geeks as you would put it uh, that's the stuff that you want to try the the thing that gets me every single time is it's the consistency and the quality of what uh, what you would deem as a core or a standard beer and that's the bit that sort of differentiates from when we've had core standard beer from other breweries and even is that for th- you is that for you the major difference between uk and the us market then i don't i don't 
I think it's a big swing to say, you know, because I think the UK is catching, um, it's catching America in terms of its consistency, but the the level and the flavour of the hops, particularly that you get from US beers, they are fresher, they are like they're, they're picked closer to home, all that kind of stuff, and. I remember having a chat with um, Beth from Charles Farm, who obviously brew, um, grow a lot of the UK hops and supply a lot of the UK breweries. Yeah. And that was one of their core um, sort of growth aspects that they were looking at was what hops can we like grow specifically in the climate in the UK that are going to rival the hops that we have imported for years and years from the the us and from australia and all the rest of it that are going to give us the, those authentic fresh flavors that are actually going to be not just your you know fuggles of the world and all that kind of stuff we, and we want something that's going to rival the the citrus the mosaics the cascades the columbus you, you like name the 45 yeah. hops that have basically um, revolutionised the the craft beer industry in the last twenty five years, you know, and that's where, for me, that's the difference. Still, is that when we're trying the hot like these beers that are coming over from the states, and obviously when James has brought Texas beer over, the intensity of the flavour, like you said, the hops sing, and the best breweries in the UK can make beer like that, mm-hmm. but they tend to be super big. Um, like ABV or super high intensity in terms of the hot flavor. Yeah. Now, that is what I would deem as core beer in the states. And then the wacky, well, let's go set the tone is all that stuff that James has mentioned: the triples and wine barrels and the funky tequila this and the funky mm-hmm. X Y and yeah. that. That's for me is the difference. It's like I don't know if it's consistency because there's like there's going to be American beer breweries that make shit beer and that miss the barrel and or miss the boat or whatever the phrase you want to use in terms of <laughs> um you know consistently producing let me list my top 10 shit beers in america i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing... but yes. i agree you know, there's a lot of them like that yeah but that's the thing and there's a lot of shit breweries in the uk that make one good beer yeah, you know, and the, you can, you know, a broken clock's right twice a day sort of thing. You know, that's that goes across the board. But mm-hmm. for me, it's I think consistently. I think if you're playing, if if UK brews are trying to play in the let's make US style beer, we're not there yet. Yeah. But I think the best breweries in the UK can compete with the US breweries within a specific style of beer. Um, excuse me, but. I think this the hop flavor and the profile and aspect is is still night and day because let's be honest, fresh fresh produce closer to home. Yep. You know you're not having to try. It's not like it's it, it makes sense that you're going to get better aromas yep. and flavors out. Definitely, it does make sense, James. If you need to go and grab yourself another beer, mate, by all means, just. I mean, this is going to last me at least another I don't know half an hour. Two minutes. Are you having a laugh? No, 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 no. It's it. It was a full. I'm just saying it will last another half an hour. It won't. Um, but I'll I'll come back with a shot, and you guys will all love me for it. Um, that's <laughs> that's my next round. But I, I have had. Uh, where am I at right now? Uh, I think I've had six tastings today. Six tasting meetings, and they were sure. all Texas beers. So 
Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm just gonna milk the fuck out of this shit. Yeah, near, like, nearly, hey, nearly touched I'm the no moon. Longer, not quite. Exactly. The moon. Well, the moon's out there. I just can't breathe on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I I would like to say, well, first of all, little beer mat, beer mat goodness here. The boudoir, yep. obviously. The cow. Yeah. Um. Sorry, my ADHD makes me fiddle with shit. And then I was like, yeah, oh sorry. wait. Maybe we can get them as a sponsor on our podcast. What do you think, Mark? Guest of the show? <laughs> I'll, 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 re- I'll reach out to my pals at Budvar for you. Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, you should do that. Yeah, do that. Uh, don't do that before I reach out, though, because I know you're going to be like, don't talk to this guy. I'm the important one. I get it, man. Yeah. I'm the, I know the game. I'll, I know your game. I'll just uh, I'll 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 tag you in. I'll just copy you in the in the message, and I'll say, you know, James from the Beer Thanks Fridge so Podcast much. slash Open hundred percent. That's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, so, um, I mean, I would say I agree with I agree with the things that you're saying. I also disagree with some of the things that you're saying. I, I mean, I genuinely agree with all of them. Um, I think that I've spent a lot of the last year defending English brewers mm-hmm. because um, somebody will taste Hoppenheimer, they'll taste uh, our Double West Coast, uh, uh, Reverend, the Reverend Green. Uh, from the turning point in Bedford, and like they'll be, they'll literally say, How, "Why, why can't, why can't an English brewery do this?" You know, it's like this yeah. very like, like this bitterness, this anger towards, this resentment towards, um, towards a brewery down the street. I mean, you can't brew the same thing, and it's like, all right, but like, let's talk about that for a minute. The the journey of that hop, like, is absolutely bonkers i mean you you've, you've got a, you got a fresh hop it gets picked off the vine in rural oregon and then it gets basically all of the all the big breweries all the national breweries uh you know sam adams and, and bug watch or whoever else gets a phone call first and says hey do you want any of these hops and they say yes and they have their team picked through them and they pick the best ones and then the regional breweries get get their shot picked through them and then the local breweries get their shot picked through them and then the brew pubs and then after the brew pubs the microbreweries and then yep. guess what all Flipping amateurs out there as home brewers get to go to their their brew their brewery shop whatever and pick through those hops, and then like whatever's left after three months or whatever, um, sitting in ambient or just sitting there drying out. Then it's like, oh, we got an idea. Let's throw them in a big old fucking container and ship them off to the to the English people. They want they won't know any better. It's kind of the the feel, right? It's just like, okay, so breweries in England are literally pulling from like five and six month old hops that haven't been kept cold so uh, why you know that that's that's the argument that i've got like you know why are we coveting why are we coveting like you know american citra or you know el dorado or, or whatever that six well like you say that's six months old and that has been rejected by everybody else first why not grow our own hops or or use or use i mean <clears throat> use hops right. that are in the uk and, and that's I'm... that's the point. That's the point. I like kind of where 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 I'm getting. So I like I think I agree completely with what you're saying when it comes to um, you know you don't get that freshness, you don't get the dankness, you don't get like when you open up. I don't know who I sent uh, who ended up with with yes sir uh, with the with the pale ale from Community, but when you open that can, it's like a bouquet of just fucking bitterness and hops on your nose. Like the first thing you smell is that. Uh, and you, you don't open a, an English pail and get that same thing. Like you just don't because because ingredients fucking matter. Last time I was here, I said something along the lines of like, if you were the best chef in the world, and I asked you to make me a spaghetti bolognese, 
And but I gave you only the ingredients to make a fettuccine chicken fettuccine alfredo. Like, there's just no fucking way you'll ever. It doesn't matter how good you are as a chef, you'll never yeah. be able to make that out of those ingredients. And like, so that's one side of it. The other side of it is, uh, well, there's three sides really. Uh, uh, the 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 middle part of it is, I literally just got done at a brewery today. Uh, uh, we're talking about doing a July Fourth thing. It's owned by an expat. Uh, it's owned by by an American. Uh, it's werewolf. Um, in, in Camden town, uh, they're super, super local. So they, it's not like you can get it everywhere, uh, which yeah. is also a part of it, by the way, um, distribution matters a whole lot in how you're distributing hops die in heat, hops die in light, hops die in oxygen. So like if any of those things, three things exist, that beer's dead. Like it doesn't matter what you did. If you kept that beer at ambient for three weeks, three days, it's going to absolutely obliterate anything that was in there that was of any sort of freshness. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, that's a slow box for me, but, um, but these guys are fucking killing it. Like I tasted their shit today. I'd never tasted their stuff before. And I was like, well, werewolf, like, okay, it's, it's gimmicky and whatever. And I knew he was a good guy and all that, but I tasted his, his American pale. And I'm like, shit, this is, this is from the same ingredients as every other brewery can get. Like he's not rich. He doesn't have, they're not like drop shipping him freeze freeze-dried fucking mosaic off the vine. Like, he, he's just as broke as any of us are. And somehow he's pulling shit off. And I'm like, okay, he's got the same water as everyone else. He's got the same hops, he's got the same grains, he's got access to everything. What is it? So I think that it's my, – my view on that is kind of evolving. I think that the, that the disadvantage is there that the ingredients aren't as good and the pH doesn't match. Just – pH of water like is so fucking incredibly important and drinkers will never understand it because they don't care to understand it. They just want to drink beer. But like the pH of the water can, you can use the same ingredients, same recipe uh, and be in like two different regions, be 30 minutes away from each other in the UK and seriously have completely different beers because the water, literally that's it, the water. Um, And so the, that's, so I think in the middle, so on one side, it's they can't get all the fresh ingredients, and the pH isn't the same. And all of the all of the styles they're trying to brew are are, are American style beers that were made with different ingredients and different pH. So that that's part of it. Second part of it, if you work your fucking ass off and you try really hard, you can get real damn close, like close enough that I flew back from the states uh, la- like this week, like or last week, I guess, whatever it is, last Wednesday, uh, to, to make it to Bristol Craft Beer Fest. And I was drinking a pale ale at the airport. It was fresh from one of my breweries. And then I drank this guy's today. And I'm just like, well, that's just as fucking good. Like it's, it's, if it's not just as good, it's, it's real close. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I think that those two things exist, but also what I'm excited about is the third dynamic. I'm excited about what Mark is talking about. So I think the problem that we have right now in English beer is that English brewers are trying to emulate American brewers. Yep. That's it. Like, I feel like that's, if we have to sum everything up, um, English, English brewers are trying to say, don't worry about buying Finback. Don't worry about buying Treehouse. Don't worry about buying the Hop the Pond anything. We can do the same thing. And you can't. The reason you can't is because everything is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what's coming probably in the next year or two, if people keep calling it the year of the lager and I'm like, yeah, every year is the year of the lager. <laughs> um, but ultimately I think what's coming 
Uh, and I realize I'm on a diatribe, and you guys feel free to edit this out the fuck you want. No, no, uh, we love it. But I think I think what's coming is in the next year or two, you will see English brewers realize how good they are at what they do. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to emulate what American brewers are doing, they will create styles that didn't exist before and can only exist in excellence in, in England and so and in Scotland and in Ireland and in the Wales like the uh, so I think to that to, to that yeah. point as well James I think what's what's going to push breweries towards that is is the, the change in tax and alcohol and obviously mm-hmm. looking towards the future in 2025 when the DRS thing comes into play yeah, so we've mentioned it before like breweries are going to have to be super versatile and 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 really nail down the lower ABV stuff, like the four five yeah. percent stuff, and make sure that's a really good quality. And we're going right. to see we're going to see a real downfall and a real decrease in the the high ABV stuff. I, that's just me personally. I think we're going to see a real decrease in that. Uh, like we're going to see less Imperials, and just because just because of that reason of, of the tax and all that jazz that's happening. And you'll still get them, but they'll just be few and far between. But yeah. there's going to be a, a massive focus on getting those core beers and getting those lower ABV beers fucking absolutely banging. Yeah. No, and, and I, yeah, I agree. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just jumping in on that point. As well. I totally agree, Gav, with what you're saying. Like, and it kind of comes back to what you're saying about, like, you know, the UK breweries, like, try to create or creating a new style. And it's it's their version of what the way I always think it is like our the UK is always a couple of months behind the trends of the US and whatever it is continental Europe. It's just always been that way, you know. We're like we're we're, we're sheep, we're followers, you know. What I mean, that's how it works. But the yeah. the aspect for me is like say if we have the hops grown on UK soil, that and the thing is we are like. They're trying to grow hops to replicate Citra Mosaic, right. name it, right? Whereas, like you said, create hops that give X flavor. It might not be Citra and it might not be Mosaic, but it's not right. old school traditional hops. It is right. exactly. new wave hop, which, you know, remember, boys, remember when we got those castle beers and it had Nectaron in it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, fuck. Right? So, we were like Nectaron. What the fuck's that, right? And the uh, uh, was it Matt? I think it was for Castle. Yeah, he ended up so. talking us through it all, and I was thinking this flavor is incredible. And he's like, "Oh well, you know, it's a, the like standard hop in Australia. You know, it's just standard, but it's obviously never made it to the UK yet, sort of thing." Nah. And I was thinking, "Well, that's wicked. You know, it's lovely to try." If if the UK could grow. Name the hop, whatever it's going to be called. You know, a couple of funky, fun, the funky donkey hops. You know, for that are basically in the UK only. Yeah. In that reverse, that then it becomes a reverse thing. Whereas the US exactly. breweries that have got con, like you know, because there's a lot of breweries yeah. now in the UK that have relationships with the likes of you know other half and as for Jester King, if it's whoever it is, they're the ones that always crop up when yeah. you're doing these collabs. Right, um, Finback. Finback, exactly. You know, like vitamin, vitamin C was Cut the that out. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that shit out. 
But what the hell? Anyway, carry on. But that's the thing. Like when when it becomes the other way around, then the US breweries, when they get a chance to taste it, when they're doing these collabs, like we're always going to do, then yeah. it's like, oh, well, the funky dunk. Oh, we've not got any. We've not got any of that. And then it becomes right. a, a a reverse aspect of it. But exactly, yeah, we do. I totally agree. Like like chasing these styles, and let's be honest, you know, we the craft beer scene has we've followed suit from the. You know the Sierra Nevadas, the old school um, U.S. breweries that have paved the way and kind of yeah. built the the traditions and all the rest of it. And but at the same time, we're at a stage now with all these taxes, restrictions, legislations, all this other bullshit that's going to have big effect on day to day running of the breweries. That yep. it's super important that the Scotch ales. That let's be honest, the Scotch ale goes worldwide. You know, we've yeah. seen it in Italy, yeah. we've seen it in the U.S. You know. That yeah. even dirty the- bastard old chub. Uh, uh, I mean, literally, just like I mean, I could list them all off. Like the beers that literally shaped me as a beer drinker were usually Scotch ales. That's yeah, yeah. It's so important that 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 these are traditional beers, though. Like, you know, that's the thing we have built on. Th- these beers, like, have been built on heritage and tradition. You know, what's multi, not overly hoppy beers. Like, it's very. Yeah you know, malt forward and that's it's brilliant and that's what we've built this that's our drinking heritage at the end of the day. If we are gonna then look at moving forward in the craft beer scene, there needs to be let's what is the UK version of the Scotch ale? You know, we've got the English, we've got a bit of we've got all that kind of stuff. Yeah, great, but these are again all traditional stuff. Like where's the the English IPA, the Scottish IPA, the the hybrid well, it's, we've spoke to a, a couple of brews over the last 12 months who are, are, are growing their own hops. Um, Hogback, yeah. um, they were growing their own hops. There was a, a brew that I bumped into down um, the New Forest. They're doing their own hops as well. Kent, there's uh, there's massive uh, fucking hops getting uh, getting grown there. Um, so it's, it, like you said, James, you've obviously seen it and predicted it. Like you said, it's coming. It, there's going to be changes in the next twelve months, kind of two years. It's, it's going to be happening, and it's it's exciting. It is exciting, but at the same time, it's it's coming from a place where they're looking at American beers, they're looking at Texas beers, and going, "Shit, that stuff's good. Why the fuck can't we do that?" And yeah. like like we yeah. said, the, the 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 American stuff, the Texas stuff, and it's something that we've always we've always said in the podcast, like. For, for your beer, we see the the beer you sent us when you were first on the podcast. Like the flavor on that beer and the, just the hops was just fucking crazy. To think that that that, that had came over from Texas and had been or been had been freighted over is fucking yeah. mind boggling. Um, and to think it was still like tasted fresh as fuck. That's yeah. Something, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck. I mean, is there anything changed in that process for you shipping the beer over? Has that stayed the same because it was all it was fucking working anyway? The beer was tasting the bollocks. Yeah, no, I mean we're still cold chain and everything from brewery baby glass. Uh, it, it's it's still kind of core core operations process for us. I mean, there's there, there's no reason to bring it over if we're gonna skunk it on the way. So yeah. skunk's a strong word. If we're gonna if we're gonna. Um, yeah. Going to allow it to be spoiled in a way, yeah. um, but like, I mean, yeah, where is that you something? Know, sorry, to interrupt you. Is that something when you when you talk to the brews in, in Texas that is, is is important for those guys, like to make sure that yeah, the beer is looked after? 
they wouldn't let me take it if I wasn't cold chaining. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that's, that is, that's deal breaker. That's like step number one. Like if it's not kept uh, at six degrees, I keep it at four and a half, but if it wasn't kept at six degrees or lower, then they wouldn't let me take it. They wouldn't assign anything with me and, and trust me with it. Um, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't have taken it if they didn't demand that I took it at, at, yeah. at temperature. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think ultimately, you know, the pendulum of everything in, in life and in culture is the same way, but, and, and beer is no exception. I think ultimately, I mean, let's, let's look at what started the fucking American craft beer evolution, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about steam beers, which is, is a pretty California invention for sure. Yeah. Um, but people got tired of steam beers and fucking lagers. Uh, and they decided some, I mean, the first one that really hit was, was an amber. It was, it's literally just an old beer. Mm-hmm. So, um, Americans started making traditional beers from other countries and then decided to make it a little bit differently, or we're going to call it an amber now instead of an alt beer because it has a different flavor because it doesn't even taste. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, a perfect example is, is a Texas Bach. I mean, a Texas Bach is, is its own style now, but it's its own, yeah. only its own style because German immigrants moved over to Central Texas. Couldn't they, they wanted their Bach, but they couldn't find the same water with the same pH, the same ingredients. They started using Texas Blackland malts, and they started using water from from the hill country. Uh, and it's just like completely different. I mean, you know, it's a Bach, but it, it, it's sweeter. It's more viscous. It's it's a little bit lighter. It's yeah. it's also crispier and drier on the back end. But like that happened because people from Germany came over and decided to try to emulate it right so even just the base of american beer whether that's craft or macro or whatever is based on immigrants coming over and trying to emulate the styles that they that they learned and that they drank when they were in their native countries mm-hmm. and so literally the pendulum just goes from europe to the states and then back to europe because we were all drinking pilsner or kells and we were drinking uh you know i mean Strongbows and and fucking uh, <laughs> uh, before anything else, right? But like, but then you know, and then the pendulum that's went back to England and now, or you know, to, to England and Europe. Then it swings back to the states where it's like, oh well, great, we're gonna start our own type of thing, which we didn't really. I mean, like you look at any fucking beer and, and you can trace it back its origins, that style to somewhere in Europe or the UK, yeah. and so like. The pendulum's always swinging, and like I think the pendulum is swinging now. I think it's swinging less than it used to because of globalization. Uh, yep. You can get more things, more places. You can get more beers from different countries than you ever could before. Um, I mean, if if the guys in in fucking Central Texas could have just exported over or imported over, uh, you know, their beloved block from their from their hometown, like would they have ever made something different, right? Yeah, exactly. um, and so I think that's where we're at. I think the pendulum is swinging back pretty decidedly towards England and Europe. Uh, I'm sorry, UK and Europe. Uh, I say England, but England, Scotland, Wales. Uh, <laughs> it's all the same thing. Uh, I, oh, I mean, well, it's not. That's the it's problem. Not. It's not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the UK and Europe, and, and, and it just becomes this like, this thing where it's, I mean, it's cyclical. So you guys have now spent... Uh, you know, how many years, five, six years, really trying to nail all of the American styles that are based on trying to nail all the European and UK styles, right? So yeah. now 
we're back to a place, I think, uh, especially with the pandemic and with how expensive all of this shit is getting, cost of living and all that, it's necessity is the mother of invention uh, or father, yeah. I guess, because there's a king now. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> the, you know, is the parent of invention. And like, ultimately, there are breweries out there right now growing their own hops, but soon they won't be growing their own their own version or their own crop of an American hop or their own crop of a traditional English hop. Mm-hmm. They'll be growing their own crop of some fucking experimental shit that nobody's ever come up with. And then they'll be making beers that is so amame and you're just like, fuck me. Why didn't anybody ever do this before? It's uh, you know, dark chocolate IPA with fucking, I don't know, bees piss in it. I don't know. And then like, <laughs> And then it's like, holy shit, like every brewer in, in America and the world is going to be like, how do we make that? We can't because we don't have those ingredients. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the key. I think that it's enjoying kind of the swing back and forth for sure because beer is beer and beer is good. And beer is fun to make and to drink. Uh, it's not as fun to sell, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But ultimately, beer exists because we all just love what the fuck we're doing. And so I think that that's, I mean, it's, we're super close. I mean, I feel like we're almost to the middle point of the swing back. Yeah. Uh, and in the next year or two, it's just going to become necessity, especially with DRS and with, with, with all these new, um, all these, the, the new uh, import and yeah. excise duties and all this shit in England, um, which is good for some styles and not good for other styles. Uh, I think that it's going to become something that just, necessitates new styles and necessitates not new styles being like well this is our version of this it's like no we created a i mean this is repetitive because ipa came from england but like we created an old england ipa and it's completely fucking different and it's just like the new england ipa was completely different than the west coast and the west coast was completely different than the english ipa and so like it's coming and, and, you know, uh, whether that's good for me or not, I don't know. We'll find out, but, uh, either way, it'd be good for, for the UK <laughs> brewing scene and drinking scene because it's, it's, it's identity. It's identity. And yeah. identity needs to be grasped back. I just say, I think it, sorry, you want to go Gav? Yeah, I was, I, I, I want to swing, I want to swing the pendulum back to, um, to a more specific topic in terms of hop the pond and, um, the breweries that you actually work with and you partner with, um, the list is, is obviously on the website. And if we go through that and you can just give us a kind of a brief overview of the breweries themselves, um, one being Armadillo Aleworks in Denton, Texas. Um, yeah. And the, the, the thing is, all these ones are actually relatively kind of close-ish together. They're about an hour, maybe two hours kind of. Um, between them, uh, which is which is yeah. nice, and they're obviously making some amazing fucking beers, and uh, Armadillo being one of them. Um, give us a, yeah. a, a kind of overview of those guys. Well, a uh, couple of very important points about Armadillo. Uh, number one, they are one of the uh, one of the original kind of Godfather craft breweries in uh, in North Texas, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Denton area. Um, they would contract brew for a long time. Contract brew differently. Uh, I would say tra- like. Um, journeyman more yeah. uh when people say contract brew in the states it feels more it's, it's a bit more similar to that where they're using brew kits for other breweries in their off hours when when brews aren't being made um not that they're con- like not that they're signing contracts with other breweries to make their recipes um 
but uh, they did that for a while. They finally got a space. Uh, and then uh, 20, 2022, last year, um, they got a notice from their uh, from their landlord that said, hey, uh, you got to pay triple the rent or you're out next month. And they said, well, shit. Uh, so um, they actually uh, no longer exist. Um, I have the last armadillo beer in the fucking world. Actually. Pretty awesome. Um, all of it, all the stuff that I have left is, uh, is heavy shit. It's like dated 2025, 2026, but, um, it's, you know, brunch money being the, uh, Imperial, um, Imperial golden stout. Uh, he invented the style he invented that has, uh, Vermont maple and, you know, house roasted, uh, uh coffee and dark yeah. chocolate added and all the things delicious as hell. Uh, the Quaker Town, which is their arm, their their oatmeal stout, um, it, uh, it, I think adjunct with uh, with brown sugar, um, really really good as well. Um, Idiot's Hill, their American Strong slash uh, double red, uh, they also adjuncted with uh, uh, brown sugar. So, Armadillo is now defunct, uh, not because of quality, but because their their landlord was an asshole, and they just decided they started something else uh, called Boozy's Sandwiches. Uh, which is literally a brew pub. There's four of them now, uh, and they make their own beer, but also badass sandwiches. So there's that. Um, so, um, so that's armadillo. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order because that's the only way I know how to do it. Because nothing is better than the other. Community yep. uh, beer company is uh, in Dallas, which is you're right. It's about an uh, hour. I know south. Yeah, about, about an hour, ten minutes south um, of Denton. Sorry the, about the Lincoln Park shit that's going no, on. No, it's cool, man. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but uh, so um, so yeah, so uh, they are the second largest craft brewery in the state. Uh, they're they're the ones I was talking about earlier when I said you know they're making forty thousand hex and yeah. uh, they're not even a third of the way to like justify going to a different state. Um, and so they they are uh, one of the original crap breweries in the state. They're one of the most respected breweries uh, in the country. Um, they are really, really good. They have a really nice core, uh, a set of beers. They've got a bot, Texas bot, which I've got with me. Yes, sir. If you guys, if somebody has tasted uh, yep. in the crew. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it might yeah. be me. It was me. I definitely that one. It was in the kind of greeny yellow can, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, but also, Mark, you have tasted more 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 of our beers than most most have because you've hung out with me too many times um well, you too many times mate if you bring like you say we if you bring beer i'm always going to hang out with you so it's fine yeah too many times i met the right amount of times um yeah, right. <laughs> and so uh also brought mosaic which is actually the beer that um that kind of inspired me to do all this my my mission statement for the first couple of years was uh was can't wait to watch uh, the first English person on English soil drink mosaic. It's just that beer. It's like, yeah. for me, it's a beautiful fucking beer. Uh, again, they labeled it an IPA. It could have been a double IPA. I mean, it is a, a double IPA, not recipe. But anyway, so that that's a really nice one. Uh, but that's community out of Dallas. Uh, and then we have Manhattan Projects uh, out of Dallas as well. They're the, the, the fastest growing um, crap brewery in Texas. Uh, they're the most consistent brewery that I've ever come across literally big small anything uh it doesn't matter what day it is who's brewing they always nail it uh and their system is not a push button robotic system it is they they do it they they, they fucking stir the mash with a with a paddle i mean it, there's just no there's no automation <laughs> and still nail it every fucking time um they have a hoppenheimer which uh, i know i said to someone 
uh, to their west city, uh, the best west coast in the southern United States, outside of San Diego. Um, I have no qualms with saying it is an absolute fucking delight. It's uh, Mandarin yeah. of Bavaria uh, as as the kind of forward hop, and then their malt is Crystal Malt, which is America, uh, but it's it's very um, very much uh, uh, on the nose is uh, like crushed candy, the burnt pineapple. Uh, and then on the palate, you, you get the pineapple, but you also get the bitterness and a little bit of the malt, not not too much stickiness, but the malt, the resinous is there. And then on the back end, it's just bitter as hell. Uh, they've also got a, a, a pilsner called Necessary Evil, which is dry, double, double, no, sorry, single dry hop, but with uh, with botanical hops. Uh, wow. So it's not more bitter. It's just more clean and more dry. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a delight. I, I think somebody got that one as well. Uh, so I've got four or five beers from them. I've got a, a Belgian Golden Strong Ale from them that is um, that was said by many people at Bristol, uh, the best beer at the festival. It, it's just it's it's strange. It drinks like a seven percent, but it's ten. Um, but it also has all the esters. That I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, Mark. Me and you said that about a couple of beers when we sampled some at uh, the Brew London event. And we're like, oh, that's that's like a four percent, and then we're like, ah, oh, shit, it's like seven or eight. Oh, that's that Texas session, mate. That's that Texas session. Texas session, man. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that. I that's, love that. That's shit. the name of this shit. Um, tell me about Oak Kills because the funny thing about that, I've just, I've just quickly reading. So Brad is was a former lawyer, and then Darren is a geologist. <laughs> yes, yes. Literally, Oak Islands, mate, is like love that shit. One of one of the most. I would say underappreciated breweries in the state. Uh, I mean, pe- people love his beer, they love their beer, but uh, oh, Oak Islands, that that was the that was the brewery you gave us. The it was just the, it was the unlabeled cans, the OHB. Yes, and yes. that was th- that was the one we had the 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 wine the wine aged one, wasn't yeah. it? What the was white, that white Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the, uh, the the white wine freaky deaky. Yeah, freaky yeah. deaky, that was that freaky deaky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such a good fucking beer. That's- that's the triple that, that he made. So he, he imported everything over from Belgium, uh, fucked with his pH to try to honor the, the, the triple tradition. And then he said fuck tradition and dry hopped it with a bunch of American hops, uh, Columbus, Amarillo, I think, one more, some that I can't remember. Um, and then he threw it for 18 months into uh, white wine barrels. And uh, so he, he makes that uh, he makes that one time a year. He splits it up into thirds. And then he actually uh, takes half of it, or I'm sorry, a third of it, keeps it base. He takes a third of it and puts it in red wine barrels, and a third he puts it in white wine barrels. And I've got the white wine in the base. Uh, I, I didn't bring the red wine because I didn't want to bring all three variants because he didn't have a whole lot of everything. So I uh, didn't want to put him in a lurch. But um, anyway, yeah, that brewer, he, he, is, he, likes, he likes to spend the money to honor tradition for styles, and then on the back end, he fucks them up. Nice. Uh, he's also the guy that added. Uh, he made an English working man's porter. Uh, he added uh, whole whole bean Madagascar vanilla. Uh, he made a, a, and then he threw that shit into Knob Creek barrels for eighteen months, um, and made this weird anomaly of this uh, like a beer that drinks like a six point one, but it's actually eight point three. Um, there, he also made one that's a, a brown ale uh, that he because America and and why not? Uh, he he matched the pH to Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle City water, yep. and then made a brown ale, which was delicious. And then he thought, well, this isn't weird enough. So he house toasted Texas pecans and added them in there. It adds like this earthy sweetness, uh, not a lot of nuttiness because the malt blend, like the malt kind of 
dissipates the nuttiness. It's already nutty yeah. enough, but on the back end, you got this like weird earthy sweetness. It's it's exactly what every brown ale has needed, and yeah. you didn't know it. Um, and then, I mean, I've, I've got quite a few from them. I got, I got a Dortmunder from them, uh, which is a stellar version of that style as well. Um, but then you have um, got Turning Point, um, yep. which is uh, which is from Bedford, Texas. Uh, yeah. Different Turning Point than than here. Uh, they're really well known for their hazies and for their adjunct stouts. Uh, they've started making sours, which are fucking incredible. They're all kettle sours, but um, but yeah, I mean, um, they've got a, a cinnamon toast crunch uh, 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 adjunct stout, twelve point three percent. It's got Mexican cinnamon. Um, it's got brown sugar. And uh, what else is there? Oh, ma- uh, Vermont maple syrup, because why not? Um, but the way they do it is they actually build each base um, of malt for for the adjunct. So it's not just one base that they just throw different shit into. Like they every time they add, like they do a different adjunct, it is it is literally the base. And what do you have there? I've just realized. I have just realized. Is he still going? Is that the I have got a. I have got a can. Coconut the coconut one. Coconut Correct. water. That's that Pluto. Plutonium two three nine. That's the one. I have still yeah. got that can. Is it cold? No, sadly not. I mean, you still should open it because it's it's a porter. <laughs> it's American robust. It, uh, there's ad, no adjunct outside of the house toasted fresh coconut. You know what, uh, mate? Because you're here, I'm. I need to get. My, I'm going to get a fresh glass. Give me, and you yes, carry you on are. talking, and I'll. I yes, open. I'll give me. will give me a chance to talk about the beer that I've just opened. Well, I'm saying just open it. So they're halfway mate. done. Um, and it's uh, one of the big ones from my Overton box, and it's called Vic. I'm home, and it's a honey double IPA. Um, no. So wow. the reason I picked this particularly tonight was because I know I know kind of how Mark feels around sort of honey and and I'm I'm kind of the same. I, I mean I, I enjoy I enjoy the flavour of honey and and things like that. But but generally when oh. honey and beer come together, it's quite sort of hit or miss. Um, and this one's well for me certainly this one's definitely a hit. Um, it's it it doesn't kind of do what it says on. On the can, I mean, it's, it's bragging kind of around the sort of tropical pineapple flavours of Vic Secret, which, you know, you would come to expect. Um, I think the honey kind of takes centre stage um, on this one. Um, it's quite boozy. It's 8.5%, but it's quite boozy. Um, but that, that sort of earthy, floral, almost, almost savoury sweetness that you get from from honey, that kind of complex flavour is definitely there, and it's singing, and and I really like it. I really like it. I mean, it's it's not one it's not one that you could obviously session on, and as as you know, I mean, I even think a four forty is probably pushing it in terms of as much as you could manage in one go. But I mean, see see a wee third of this or a wee half pint of this, uh, you know, it, it, it's. It's really it's different is the word I would use, um, but but it's definitely not a bad different. Um, it's really unusual, and uh, yeah, it, it just shows that it's you know overturned aren't sort of one trick ponies. Having said that, you know they, they talk about the, they talk about the, the um, pineapple passion fruit. <clears throat> I'm not really getting hellish much of that tropical flavour in there because the honey's kind of taking over a little bit, but I like it. Interesting. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. 
It's an odd one though, isn't it? Like, I, like as soon as you say that, I scrunch my face up. But I, um, <laughs> I don't know. Honey for me, like you say, is so overpowering. And but you know, overtone, I've got you know a, a, a very good reputation of making some good beer. Uh, so I, I would, I would try it. That's for sure. I, I wouldn't it, mind. I'd interestingly, we we kind of we kind of glossed over, well, not glossed over, but you know, we never really got a chance to talk about um, my juicy Joker. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed it, Mark. To be honest, oh, come on, no, I actually quite enjoyed it. Fair play, fair you play. Know, and it goes back to it goes back to what to what Scott said. It's, it's it's taking all the factors into consideration. And if you look at it for what it is, you know, it's it's a juicy IPA. Um, it's a juicy IPA oh. from a supermarket at less than two quid a can. And, and I quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. Oh, that's, that looks like, a, that looks just, like a, a three pint tumbler of Schofferhofer right there. I feel like I've gone to some sort of amusement park and gotten one of those like specialty yeah. glasses that have like the lid and like the flexi straw uh, and I'm not fucking pissed at all about it. Like I'm going to be after this 2.5% Rattler, but you know. Hey, rattle this. Rattle uh, here, uh, here's a question rattle for you, James. Or, Obviously Rattlers in America in general are, are popular anyway. Like they, they sell like the obviously UK market is, is slowly coming towards it. Like what the fuck, man? Just get rattle. <laughs> This is the deal, man. This is the deal. Uh, in Texas, Rattlers are shit. The reason Rattlers are shit is because they try to make Rattlers 5%. <laughs> Whoa! That's <laughs> just a fucking normal beer. We're literally just, yeah, I mean, it is. It literally, so the way we look at it is not as like, well, all right. It, we're having an industry night at the Red Hands, and so uh, I've had enough beer today. I'm going to have a Rattler. It's literally like, oh, okay, we're just gonna do like uh, half beer, half juice, okay. uh, and uh, so like, I mean, we we don't uh, we do shandies more than Rattlers, yeah. and it's just like terrible conglomeration. But everyone sees Rattlers and shandies as the same thing, um, and uh, not not the same thing, but as a very similar yeah, concept. similar, and like. Nothing runs at two and two and a half percent. It's not a sessionable thing. I mean, it is to Texans, but like, it's not. It, may, it, makes, like, it makes sense. Like, let's go, let's go from Bud Light. I'm going to have like 20 Bud Lights, 4.2 percent. You know what? I need to ease off. Bad luck. 5.7. Which is what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, we don't <laughs> see it as this option to like not drink as heavily for the next few hours. Yeah. By the way, fuck me. This beer. I'm sorry. It's half beer. Just have fucking Frankenstein of a shit. Like uh, my friend Hackney Dan actually introduced me to the shop and uh, the shopper office um, at the Red Hands. Uh, we were we were we were doing an event with takeover at takeover in Thanksgiving, I think. And uh, I was like, "Mate, I can't have any more." Like shit. I I mean, I gotta walk to the overground. Like this is a hard yeah. life. And, uh, he was like, "You know what you need? You, you need some of that shop." And I'm like, "All right, hit me." And I haven't turned back. Like it's 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 just it's a different world. Um, but I am I am almost positive that both Shop and uh, Stiegel both are higher ABV in the states than they are here. I wouldn't surprise. Would assume so. 
would not surprise me. Um, something that's definitely not pulling punches um, is the plutonium 239. Um, I, I don't know how I've still got this in, in actual honesty. I, I it's, going to be, it's going to be like a year ago since we had James on Easy. with the, the previous ones. And yeah. I remember yeah. I drank this. I remember I drank this beer on the podcast the last time and it was yeah. fucking tremendous. I, I, I looked to my left and I was like, that can look actually familiar. Um, and yeah, so this is from Manhattan uh, Project from Dallas. It's a coconut porter. It's 6.2%. The first thing you need, it doesn't, it, one, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a 6.2% beer at all. Like, it does not give you the, those vibes whatsoever. And granted, it's probably not been kept in the best environment, to be fair. Well, to be fair, it's moved house with you. It's moved beer. house with me, in absolute fairness. Um, And it's also, like I said, it's, it's been kept in the garage here, so it's fucking temperatures fluctuating. However... It does say it pairs well with nuts and chocolate and steak, and mate, you 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 get the nuttiness, you get the chocolate, you get the chocolate coming through. That mate, that is still a banging beer after it's probably been sitting in my in, in that box for a good year, like yeah, and not even been cold chained properly. Well, that's the thing; it was cold chained to you properly because yes. I even sent it to you with fucking. Yeah. You fucking did, yeah. and I've, I've Remember, actually yeah, the wife, the wife kept those. The wife has kept those. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I hope so. I hope so. Um, no, I mean, I think uh, that that beer in particular is an interesting uh, proposition because typically when you see something as a coconut porter, a coconut beer, what it basically means is whatever the whatever the style of beer is, we're just using it as a body. We're using it as a yeah. viscosity to stack coconut on it right so like great example is uh death by coconut by oscar blues which is all in the name and it is a beautiful beer for what it is but these seven different kinds of coconut these coconut extract these coconut puree they use coconut fresh coconut these macerated coconut they use toasted well they don't use toasted but like there's so many different layers of coconut, and, and and at the end of the day, the malt that they use doesn't fucking matter because all you can taste is real and fake coconut, um, and that's what they want. That's my coconut, and that's great. Uh, this beer is literally if you didn't put coconut on on the label, like it would be difficult to discern it. Yeah, uh, it is. It is literally. There's no other adjunct outside of that, but you're also tasting dark chocolate. Tasting roasted uh, coffee beans, uh, like you're also tasting just literally just a straight dark roast. Um, and then they took house toasted fresh coconut uh, and adjuncted it at the back end. So you get it on the nose, and then you get it at the very back end of the palate. And then there's literally it's the last flavor that you taste. But outside of that. Everything about that is an American robust porter, a world-class one. Uh, but, like, the coconut is exactly what you needed right at the right time. See, the daft thing is, like, it's it's even, like we said, we, we've e- we have easily had this beer, and it's been sitting here for easily eight, maybe nine months, and it's still yeah. tasting absolutely tremendous, to be fair. You're still getting the coconut vibes off it 100%. You're getting the chocolateness from it as well. Like, for a beer after that long to be tasting so, like... Get still getting those flavors, and for me personally, as someone who isn't necessarily a dark beer drinker and doesn't, I don't like porters and stouts aren't my first protocol. In fact, they're probably my fucking last. Um, 
but again, always, I say this every single year we do the podcast. Oh, I don't like porters, don't like stouts, and then every single one I have is fucking good. And that's fucking good. <laughs> I'm, I'm wow. clearly just a fucking I'm a stout drinker, I just don't know it yet. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Just don't fucking know it yet. It sounds incredible, and that's like for me, that's like you're you're talking about the, the consistencies there, aren't you? Like it's the body, it's the it's the texture that you can get into, and the porter and the coconut, and that you expect certain stuff, don't you? But that's, I just sounds like you say, it sounds absolutely delicious. To be honest, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when it was canned, and the label's deceiving me. I want to say, I can't really say actually, because I can't figure figure it fucking out. Um, aye, it's it's. Oh, I'm actually kind of glad I've I've actually it's it's still there. Obviously, for having you back on the podcast, James, and. To still have one of the beers that you, you kindly sent us and the, to enjoy it again with you here in the presence of the podcast and for it to still be a fucking banger. Um and for me to be it's one of the one of the best kind of stouts I've had throughout the year so far, which I've not had many, but Christ, the ones I've had have been have been good so far, and that's standing up yeah. against them fucking tremendously. And that's fucking what, a, a year old? Yeah, uh it's six point two as well so um the 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 feeling from my legs is slowly disappearing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. which i mean i i mean i was saying that it was low AV, but you know it is what it is we all have our own flavors uh but yeah no i mean i think i think it's interesting like even just like one of the reasons i love festivals is that, that we can pour these beers and i'm like these beers are super light they're super light or they're super viscous or whatever it is. And then somebody always comes up and they say the exact opposite for me. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I know. But like, it's obvious that these people love what they do. Um, it's just, we have different different perceptions of this beer, which obviously is a, is a microcosm of yeah. society and how we look at things as, as individuals and all those things. And we can talk about that on the, uh, on the spinoff podcast that's coming next week uh, called beer fridge uh, at uh, the cart's house uh, and it's going to be great and, but anyway um, you James know, the, one, the one question yeah. I definitely want to ask you is it's like you said you were at Bristol uh, at the weekend just past um, where we're recording this where are we going to be seeing you on the festival scene next are you are you going to all the We Are Beer events yes every last one of them will be we, we will be at uh, so MCBF uh, and in Manchester, I'm basically a problem man at this point. And then, uh, and then we'll be at LCBF. Uh, and okay. so we're, uh, you know, Bristol was definitely, it's definitely the smallest of the festivals. It's also probably the most, I don't know, between Bristol and Manchester, the most beer nerdy crew, right? Oh. Like the most beer nerdy demographic that shows up. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, James, we're, yeah we're I, I will tell you right now, James, that the beer nerdiness is getting turned up to a fucking 100 in Manchester because we will be there. We'll be there. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Fuck yep. yes, you will. We will be fucking. We need to, we need to start forging Mark's sick note so that he yes. can uh, he can get out of his work and come down. On, Mark, uh, you're sick. I, yes. Let, let's go. Um, oh, oh <laughs> Mark, Mark, you are working. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You're working. Come on. Um, you have a ticket. No, think... Come on. Yeah, you have a ticket if you need it. Let me know. Um... Oh no, he's got one. He's actually got one. Oh. 
Well, then, come on. What are we doing here? Um, I mean, uh, we just confirmed an event uh, with Jewel, which I love those guys. For, for, for Thursday night, we're going to do a, a cold sap takeover. Uh, kind of Texas tasting. We'll, we'll do a uh, – <clears throat> I think we're doing something with track as well that week um, uh, as one of our breweries. Uh, so we've, we've also brought on three new breweries through pre-orders. Uh, so we have Celestial uh, Beer Works in Dallas. We have um, 903 in Sherman, Texas. And then we have um, – don't tell anyone I forgot that. Cut this part out. So we'll uh, edit this out, man. Uh, That's fine. Oh, no, no, no. It's turning point. So we, we have seven. It's the same turning point. Yeah. Except this time, because we're doing pre-orders, we can do hazies. We can do uh, uh, fruited sours. We can do all that, all that volatile shit. Uh, and so um, so the the guys at Celestial just did a really cool uh, festival. It's called Venus Fest. So they invited, uh, I think, 30 breweries. 15 of them were beer beer partners and 15 of them are art partners uh and so uh among the art partners were track uh verdant uh left-handed giant and there was one more um that they basically i mean left-handed giants fucking artists gorgeous uh so as i just saw uh this this weekend so um basically they then they came out with this surprise um surprise collab with track and it's fucking stunning it's incredible uh and so uh we're hoping to, to to you know kind of hang out with with the track folks uh uh during that week and then um yeah we'll have a couple more fest uh, a couple more events there uh yeah. for ncbf week and then lcbf we've got i think four collabs on the way and then we're, we're just yeah. gonna fucking go at least 10 events and see what happens so. Amazing, mate. Um, what to what we'll do uh, all across the social media pages, and um, we'll share, and um, when, when all the when all these events and stuff get put on your social media, we'll make sure we share them all, um, so everyone can see them and what's next to come and where we can see you yourself next in the hop the pond, um, the produce next because ah, oh, mate, genuinely, I think I can speak for all three of us. Like, if you've never went and searched. American beers, or you've never seen James and and the Texas beers that he he brings over uh, as part of the hop hop the pond. Like you're missing out. Like if you're going to the We Are Beer events, fucking damn right, get yourself over there. Or any of the other events that James just mentioned, get yourself there because fuck me, honest to God, the beers are absolutely tremendous. You will not be disappointed. The first podcast that you came on, you you left. Um, and then we were all like, holy fuck, that was amazing. Well, thank you for saying that. I love feeling the same way, vice versa. So, uh, you know, talk, talk about Black Mirror as we stand to our phones. Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't we don't produce fucking fuck me amazing beers, but I mean, we try and, we, we try and produce fuck me amazing podcasts, but yeah, you know what I mean? That's that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, just the the experience itself was incredible. Um, I mean, I think uh, we let's 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 figure out how. I mean, if you guys are going to be in town, I don't know when you get in, but we'll talk about it later. But uh, maybe we could do a uh, a collab event at a spot the week yep. up. Be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's, that, that sounds like a fucking tremendous idea i i I, i'm feeling your vibe james we'll we'll, we'll talk after the recording we'll get that sorted um if if you're looking to figure out where you can get hold of the beers um and and where you can find hop the pond beers here in the uk it's just a simple task to be fair you don't you jump on your google you search hop the pond.co.uk and you find the fucking beers 
that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, hotpond.co.uk, which is also our Instagram. Uh, but uh, yeah, you just just jump on, go to that spot. You'll see a button all the way to the left. Wow, the right uh, of uh, stage yeah, right. right. Uh, no, stage left. I don't fucking know. Anyway, no, stage. You're it's, it's stage right. It's, yeah, yeah, the stage right. There you go. So uh, top corner, uh, it says Fine Texas Beer. Click on that. It'll give you a map. It'll show you everywhere. And I haven't updated that uh, in, uh, in a couple of weeks. We've got three or four more spots now, too. So, um, so yeah, I constantly update. Constantly. I update that as, as much as I possibly can. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, keep your eyes peeled there on that map. That's really nice. And then our, our Instagram is always a good place to find because uh, I'm a 41-year-old man trying to do content uh and uh as all of the young people in my life keep yelling at me content and i'm like content, great yeah um uh so uh, really honestly follow us just to watch me make a fool of myself trying to be uh the riz or whatever the kids are saying you know what, what i mean the fu- what, so, what, what do you think we fucking do we're yeah, fucking I mean, 35 well, like we're no we're not we're kicking the ass behind you mate yeah but when you hit 40 i'll be on the podcast again when you hit 40 and you'll be like, <laughs> oh shit now i know what you're talking about you're so young as hell <laughs> james absolutely love it mate it's always a privilege to have you in the podcast um like all the links and stuff will be below and be plastered across the social media pages hop the pond james you're a fucking diamond mate absolute diamond the beers are tremendous um, make sure while you're searching for Hop the Pond, you also like and follow and share all the content from the Beer Fridge podcast. Where if you listen to this podcast, make sure you've subscribed, hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by dropping us a five star rating or your official support by going to our Patreon page where you can listen to this podcast first before anybody else. Patreon.com forward slash Beer Fridge podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. James. Love you, mate. I can't wait to see you in Manchester. Um, Love you guys, too. And we will speak to you soon. That sounds good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, you guys keep keep doing the good thing. You know what I mean? Spreading the good word about the good Spreading beer. Spreading the good one, man. Love you, man. All right, man. Love you guys. See y'all soon.